This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. They blew the brakes off the Hornets. I'm coming to you solo from 3 to 6. And I got to admit, like being in this spot, I've got tremendous anxiety. Because I'm watching all these games and it's lit right now. So uh, as soon as I said Baltimore is the best team in the AFC, they're up 14 on the Browns. They blow the 14-point lead. Lamar throws a pick six. It wasn't all his fault. The pass got batted at the line of scrimmage. Uh, but the Browns returned it for a touchdown. They, of course, missed the extra point. So they're trailing 31-30. There's eight minutes and 16 seconds left in that game. Packers have the ball down four. Second and 10 from the Pittsburgh 35. There's 51 seconds left in that game. You've got the Saints trying to mount a comeback with uh, Jameis Winston now out there. They're trailing by eight. 426 left in that game. Minnesota up 27 to 19. The Bengals left for dead. Joe Burrow threw a mindless red zone interception. It was just truly terrifying. His second pick of the game. But now, uh, after being down 10, he drove them down for a touchdown. Uh, Bengals defense held the Texans to a three and out, punted it back to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow marches them down the field. They get the game-tying field goal. It's a minute and 33 seconds left in that game. They're all knotted at 27-27. So there's so much going on. I'm, I got my eyes on all these different screens. I'm trying to keep you guys posted, trying to educate myself just because it's entertaining. You got a microphone in front of you, so you got to talk into it. And, but try not to get lost in the fact that you were watching all these games. And I'm watching the replay of that third and goal. Burrow had uh, one of his receivers, I can't make out who it is, uh, had him wide open for a touchdown, and he just dropped it. Just dropped it. So they had to settle for a field goal. I can't make out who it is, but he, he had to settle for a field goal. It's 27-27. Lions and Chargers about the kickoff. Expect a lot of points to be scored in that game. Lions coming off of a bye. They're 6-2. Still a, a good chance to get that number one seed in the NFC. Chargers, all you had to do if you were the Chargers to get people back on your bandwagon was to play the New York Jets with the world watching on Monday Night Football and appear to look dominant even though you weren't actually. And now folks are saying, you know, this is still a team that can be reckoned with uh, as far as making the playoffs. 800-919-3776. Speaking of the Jets, I mean, what a big game this is tonight. Uh, for this, uh, <laughs> It feels like we say this every week, but for real this time, the Jets are playing for their season. Uh, their last two primetime games, they lost, remember, week 4, 23-20 to the Chiefs. And then last week, it was 27-6 to the Chargers. The KC loss was encouraging because you went toe-to-toe with the best quarterback in football. Your defense made him look below average, and, and Wilson played one of the best games of his career. Uh, did have that big, big fumble late in the fourth quarter of a tie game. Some questionable calls went against the Jets on that final drive that KC had where they iced it. But it was one that even though you were 1-3, and three, you felt encouraged going forward. But it brought you to that Denver game in Week 5. You had to win. You got it done. Last week's debacle was different. It, it was a feeling of dejection because the Jets looked unprepared, undisciplined, and it was a pathetic performance by what appeared to be a bad team. And now the whole world is watching this. And I'll be honest, like maybe this doesn't really matter, but as a Jet fan, like you're used to being the butt of all these jokes. No pun intended, because you got the butt fumble. And that's the type of game 
you lose, it hurts, but it hits differently when the world is watching. Like if that's a one o'clock game with all these other matchups going on that are that are that are sexy, it, it it doesn't hurt as much. But the fact that the entire world is now watching you just embarrass yourself with penalty after penalty after penalty, drop pass after drop pass after drop pass, sack after sack after sack. It just was one that you know you walk outside afterwards with a hoodie cover in your face because you're embarrassed to be a Jet fan at that point. You are absolutely embarrassed. Uh, quick check, uh, just because I, it just flashed on my screen. So Jordan Love and the Packers have the ball at the 16-yard line in Pittsburgh territory. Second and 10, they just spiked it. Three seconds left, they're down four. So this pass is going to go into the end zone. And this will be the difference between the Packers still being alive in that NFC playoff picture versus them being dead. Three and six, you're cooked. Four and five, you can have some fun. Meanwhile, the Steelers, man, they are three seconds away from yet another victory. To be six and three with this squad, Mike Tomlin still acknowledged uh, as one of the best coaches in football. To me, still not given the credit that he deserves. But back to the Jets. Important chance tonight uh, because the playoff implications are massive. ESPN NFL FPI gives them a 7% chance to make it. Vegas has them at plus 250 to get in, minus 310 to miss it. So, I mean, it's impossible to have watched them over the first eight games and feel strongly about them making the playoffs. But this is a big one. This is a big game tonight. Because if, in fact, they lose to Vegas with Buffalo and Miami coming up, they're in a world of trouble. Because then you're talking about a team that should be on a three game losing streak including losses to what should have been the Giants and last week the Chargers and now tonight a Raiders team that does stink. And look, I understand you know, Vegas was on such a high because they got rid of the problem that was Josh McDaniels. And we saw they were smoking cigars, they were popping bottles. It was a it was a blast. It was a party. And they felt like the you know the weight had been lifted off of their shoulders because you know this was a guy who was just holding them back from getting to what they could accomplish. Like, how does an offense uh, it, it, with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs score more than 20 points just once in the season? That doesn't make any sense. But I think the Jets are catching the Raiders at a great time. Because if you had played them last week like the Giants did, coming off of all that house cleaning, then that sense of relief that they got from watching McDaniels depart, uh, it, it's just different. Then I would give the Jets no shot. Like, if all that had happened this week, I'm like, no, there's no chance. On a short week in Vegas against a team with, you know, so much energy, the, the new coach syndrome, no, they've got no shot. But because you're a week removed from that, now I'm giving them a better chance to get something done. And I think tonight uh, we should see a better I, – I, I can't even say we should see a better performance from the offense. But it can't get any worse than six points. Can't get worse than that. Can't get worse than that. But uh, Diana Rossini did report this yesterday. Uh, the Jets are not planning to bench quarterback Zach Wilson, barring a disaster. Though there has been pressure mounting for weeks that the Jets need to make a change at that position to give them some life on offense. The belief among team decision makers is that Wilson still has the most upside of their quarterbacks. Their goal remains to make the playoffs and hope Aaron Rodgers is ready to return couple things that just made me laugh reading this report. Barring a disaster, really, did anyone in a Jets organization watch that Giants game? Was that not a disaster? 
where for the first, what, 59 minutes and 36 seconds of that game, you looked woeful. You couldn't do anything against a team playing a quarterback they didn't trust to throw the ball. That wasn't a disaster. Were they asleep during the Monday night football train wreck? Where your defense is just, I mean, everywhere, living up to the hype. Justin Herbert looked pedestrian. And somehow, some way, you found you found yourself in a situation where you lost by three scores. And that's because there were, what, three turnovers on offense? So when you say barring a disaster, isn't that what we've seen 90% of the time Zach Wilson has been quarterback of this, this football team? A disaster? And then what also made me laugh is, like, the belief is that he has the most upside. Well, of course he has the most upside. Since you failed to upgrade that position, the three chances you had prior to the season, finding a legitimate backup behind Aaron Rodgers, that would have made sense. After the first game when you lost Rodgers, and then, of course, at the trade deadline. Wow, what a win for the Texans. C.J. Stroud drives them down the field for the second straight week on a game-winning drive. They win this game 30-27. to Texans improve to 5-4. and four. They're the story of football right now. I mean, that's C.J. Stroud. If you're a Panthers fan, cover your eyes. You don't want to see what he's doing. And now, granted, they have better weapons. And D'Amico Ryans has proven to be a, a, a good head coach so far through his first nine games. I'm rooting for him. He's a brother, African-American head coach, big up. Uh, but that is a, a just a, a great win for Houston. It's on the table. They can make the playoffs. It's on the table, and they make the playoffs. And, and Jacksonville losing today to fall to 6-3. and three, They're just a game back of the division winner. So that, that's a monstrous win over a, a red-hot Bengals team. Bengals have their four-game win streak snap. They're 5-4. and four. But back to the Jets. I, I mean, you had every opportunity— to upgrade this position, and you just chose not to. And then the report that came out today, they were contacted by Carson Wentz's camp to see if they wanted to sign him after that loss, and they said no. Look, no one is going to make a case for Wentz being a better option just based on 2017 when he was on his way to winning the MVP, right? Like that was six years ago, and clearly all the injuries have transpired, made him into a quarterback, that we no longer recognized as being that Carson Wentz. But if you just look at his last two seasons, how could anyone definitively say he's not a better quarterback than Zach Wilson? Last year, 11 touchdowns to 9 interceptions. The year before that, 27 t- touchdowns to, 10, uh, to 7 interceptions. So 11 to 9, 27 to 7 over the last couple of years. Now, he had that meltdown, you remember, in week 17, in the Colts finale with a chance to make the playoffs. We had a fumble, had an interception, had six sacks. I get all that. But he's clearly an upgrade over Zach Wilson. There, there is, there's not even a question. And what do you have to lose if he comes in and can win you some games, keep this season alive? It, it's just amazing. And how about this for a number? Over the last 25 games, if the Jets had eclipsed the league average of 23 points per game, they'd be 20-5. and five. They'd be 20-5 and five over their last 25 games if they had just scored 23 points. That just shows you how good this defense is. Now, part of that is a little bit misleading because 
you know, if a team is up big, they get conservative. They're not trying to score. But the point is, they rec- their record would be significantly better if they had league average production on offense. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Mike in the Bronx. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing well, man. Talk to me. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm over it with Zach Wilson. I don't think he's a good quarterback, but I'm going to say he has shown a little improvement. And now I'm really just questioning the O-line, the play calling, because they they were doing a two-to-one pass-to-run ratio last game against the Chargers. And, like, for the guy like Zach Wilson, why would you do that? Just run the ball. you got a great running back. Wait, so here's and, here's my question to you, Mike, because people keep ahead. bringing this up. So once you're down... So remember, the, the first possession of the game, Chargers go three and out. Jets come, they go three and out. Then the Chargers get a special team return for a touchdown. They go up 7 nothing. Once you're trailing in NFL games, it's hard to stay committed to the run. But if your argument is it's only 7 nothing, don't deviate from your game plan, I get it. You watch that football game. Brees wasn't doing anything. Teams are loading up. They are not going to allow the best or the uh, the only home run hitter on that offense to beat them. I guess Garrett Wilson's a home run hitter too, but as far as their running backs, they're not going to allow Brees Hall to just carve them up because they don't trust Zach Wilson can beat them. That's fair. That's fair. I, I get that point of view, but I still think they should have committed more to the run, and considering the whole line was not protecting Zach Wilson, you you got to at least try to mix it up, spice up the play calling a little bit or something because he was getting sacked in less than two seconds half the time. Look, I, hear- I feel like a good quarterback. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady have bad games and lose big games when the defense got pressure on him. And, again, I'm not defending Zach Wilson, but, uh, I mean, that O-line maybe is something they got to look at, too. No, for it's, when they- it's terrible. It, it's terrible, Mike, and I appreciate the call. There's a lot of blame to go around. It, it, it's not just Zach Wilson. There, there are everyone. Everyone is to blame for that. The offensive line was putrid. All the receivers had just game-wrecking drives. Garrett Wilson had a fumble. Lazard had the drops and the penalties. I mean, you just couldn't get anything going on offense. Even Brees Hall had a fumble that he was able to recover. But my problem with people pointing to the the pass-play-to-run-play ratio is watch the game. Right? They load up on Brees Hall. You run the ball on first and 10. He gets tackled for a three yard loss. Second and 13 is an obvious pass situation. So you're going to run the ball again? Okay, now it's third and 11. You're going to run the ball again? You're not making any, you're not making any ground up on the ground. You're not getting any production on the ground, I should say. So. What is going to help you open up the field for your run game is establishing the pass. And if you could simply get this guy to, to make good decisions, like third and seven, field ahead of him, don't flick the ball off to your running back. Run for the first down. They're converting third downs at a historically bad rate. It's like 22%. Like we've never seen something like this. That's how bad it is. And, and we talk about how frustrated the defense has to be. Think about how Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook should feel. Because they know they can be much better if they had a legitimate quarterback under center. Even Garrett Wilson. All the, all the times he gets open. Slant route. Overthrowing him. If they had a legitimate quarterback option, you don't think that the running game would be much more 
electrifying? Of course it would be. 800-919-3776. So take a quick break. Get back to your phone calls right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. An upset there. We've got the upset with the uh, Texans beating the Bengals. Can we get one with the Giants beating the Cowboys? I don't know. 17 and a half. It's juicy. You go to Vegas, 2100 plus 2100. You bet the Giants to win this game. Let's go to Jose and Emerson. What's up, Jose? Hey, how's it going? Uh, this, I got I got such a headache just waiting to talk to you because all all that I want to say about this Jet team. I'm happy that they're playing the Raiders because after this game, you're going to decide who has to head roll. Whose head's got to roll on this game? Mm-hmm. Get rid of this kid because if he starts in the second half and they're up by 10, the Raiders, and he's throwing interceptions and fumbles and missing throws, you got to put somebody in because if you don't after this game, they're going to lose the locker room, they're going to lose the fan base, and somebody has to pay for this because this is, this is all the organization has – just like the Giants, they knew what they had on those offensive lines, and they did nothing about this. This yeah. is a waste of time. It's and I'm waste. sick and tired, and it has to start today. This kid has to wake up today. If not, sit him down and let him feed Gatorade to the guys. I'm done. But, but the problem is, and I appreciate the call, Tim Boyle is going to be your backup quarterback tonight. It does, does anyone think he gives them a better chance to win? Part of me feels like if we're tapping into the whole conspiracy theory, They've they've positioned themselves to where there literally is no better option on this roster on the depth chart than Zach Wilson because they want it to be that way. They plan on riding him the rest of the season until maybe Rodgers comes back. But you could have had a Josh Dobbs. You could have signed Carson Wentz this week, and you elected not to. Let's go to James in Staten Island. What's up, James? Uh, yeah, I think the Jets got to win this game as well, and I don't think the Giants are going to win against Dallas. The Giants just suck. I'm a Giants fan, but I also like the Jets. No, they're not going to beat Dallas. They're not going to beat Dallas. I was just having some fun. The Jets are 4-4, and and the rest, the two leaders in the division, the Dolphins and the Bills, are not great. The Bills are 5-4, and the Dolphins are 6-3. and Put the Jets at 4-4, and the Jets have a chance to do something in that division, but they're not taking that, that shot because their quarterback sucks. Correct. <laughs> Great analysis. Appreciate the call. And that's what hurts so much about Monday. You saw the Bills lose to the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. You saw in Germany the Dolphins lose to the Chiefs, and you were gifted an opportunity to win that game and then sit in second place with Buffalo coming up one time. One more time the rest of the way, a team you've already beaten, and then two games against the Dolphins. So it, it was within your grasp. But as you mentioned astutely, because of the failures at the quarterback position, it did not come to pass. Let's go to Scott. He's on Route 17. What's up, Scott? What's up, my guy? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Real fast. Go Dallas. I have them preseason to win the division. If more teams... Like the Jets can beat the Eagles, the better for me. Uh, real fast, I went to every home game the year of 2009-2010. It was amazing. They built this new stadium. The product fell off completely, just like uh, Fireman Ed. I stopped following for those case years. But I love the staff right now. I love uh, Robert 
and Joe Douglas. They're amazing. The Jets kind of tried. How much are we paying Alan Lazard, Billy yeah. Turner? Uh, Dalvin is garbage. Terrible. We brought in all these guys. Nothing happened. We got Aaron Rodgers for four plays. I don't think he's even close to the answer that we need for the future. We got to ride with Zach, and hopefully he can turn it around tonight. I have them beating Las Vegas. Let's take the under and let's go, baby. Well, listen, if you got that Dallas bet on the on the uh, division, you should double down because now you'll get them at better value since they lost to the Eagles last week and they're 5-3. They're and three. So maybe uh, double down on that bet. Giants and Cowboys just kicked off, uh, so we'll keep you posted on that game. Coming up, we'll get back to your phone calls, but also Bart Scott is going to join us. He's got the SNY pregame duties tonight, so I want to check in with him, get his thoughts on a big game, game of the season for the Jets and the Raiders as they try to – Keep their hopes alive for the playoffs. Ty Butler going till 6 o'clock right here on 987 ESPN. Me? This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know him. You love him. Bart Scott. I guess you could call him the better half of Bart and Han, a show you can hear every day from 12 to 3 p.m. What's up, Bart? How are you doing today, my G? You can call him the darker uh, side of Bart and Han. The darker side? We can go with that? We're not going to get canceled if we say that? No, no, no. We good. We, we, we good? Brother. We can say what we want. <laughs> Let me, before we get to the Jets, I got to quickly ask you this. Did you see what just happened to the Ravens? I did. I Man. Did. Um, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know, like, the specifics I was watching on my phone as I'm driving in. Uh, I just see that, you know, they lose a last-second field goal, but the same thing that – Shocked them. I didn't listen. Everybody said that, you know, we knew that. I knew that the defense for the Browns was, was good. Uh, but I didn't expect them to put that many points up on the Ravens as well, especially after Deshaun Watson put up a pick six. But then on the flip side, you know, C.J. Stroud did his thing and walked off against the Cincinnati Bengals. So now yeah. you – yeah, I mean, and the, the only person that you think is a paper champion, not for real, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they continue to find a way to, to win. Um, and that's what it is, right? Like, you find ways to raise up. That's kind of where the Jets find themselves um, in a game that you don't really know what Raiders team you're going to get. Is it going to be the one that has talented players on the outside, Jacoby Myers, that's always given the, uh, given the Jets problems from his New England days. Josh Jacobs sometimes, you know, the Jets can be leaky uh, early on in games. and This is one of those situations where you can't play with fire. You can't play with your food. And you think about Max Crosby, you know, if, if I'm Max Crosby, I'm – I'm saying, hey, I might, you know, submit my all-pro coming in with nine and a half sacks. I might go ahead and be able to get get three, you know, bowl of turkey and be able to, you know, really start leading this league in sacks. So it's a lot to be said, and you never know how the game's going to play out until they actually play. So let me ask you this, because we know a lot rightfully has been made about the just ineptitude of the offense the fact that the defense has been living up to, you know, as advertised and, and balling out the way that it has, and somehow they can't put points on the board has to be frustrated. So I want to know, like, are you the type of guy, if you were on that defense, do you have the type of personality where you would be in the locker room to coaches, to players, expressing your frustrations with the offense? Like, how would you handle that? No, not alone. You find your own land. If anybody followed my career, they, they know I've been in this exact situation. Numerous of times, whether it was a rookie Joe Flacco, whether it was a rookie Mark Sanchez, whether it was me playing with Kyle Bowler, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, the same reason, the same fake place the Jets find themselves in, it's the same place that we found ourselves in with Kyle Bowler, knowing that we had a 
championship caliber team with a Hall of Fame left tackle in Jonathan Ogden with a all-pro tight end at Todd Heat. And we had to go out and we made the trade for a very, you know, senior guy in Steve McNair. Remember, we had a Kyle Bowler was picked seventh overall, and we went out and got Steve McNair because we knew we had a championship team. And we went 13-3 and that year, best record in the AFC, and fell short. I think that's what the Jets were trying to do with Aaron Rodgers. Listen, you can't farm somebody else's land. At the end of the day, you, you express your frustration going to do what? They'll tell you to call the plays. You know the plays. You know the formation. You know who's growing up. Nope. So all you can do is farm your land, man, and say, hey, man, listen, that's the defense. We get a pick. We got to try and score. And that's kind of how people that remember those early Raven teams and how crazy things got whenever we got a turnover whether you're watching Ed Reed pitch the ball or Ray Lewis pitch the ball to Ed Reed or us pitching the ball to a corner or a corner pitching the ball, that's because we knew that we probably, even if we gave him the ball on the 10-yard line, we might mess around and get two penalties a sack and be punny. So he said, hey, we'll do it ourselves. Mm, I got you. All right, so the report today was that the Jets uh, were contacted by Carson Wentz's camp this past week before he – went to sign with the Rams. They elected to, to not pick him up. Josh Dodds, we saw he was available, and he continues to ball out for the Vikings. Do you think that they should have been interested in those two guys? I mean, Carson Wentz on a short week. I mean, I, I don't know if he – maybe Dobbs. I would, you know, who knows? Dobbs, Dobbs has been cut and, and released for, for certain reasons. Um, him going to Minnesota – is going to a pretty good offensive line. I, I think they're ranked top five in all the all the football, especially with you know Christian Derrishaw. Um, him coming here could be a different scenario, and it's so hard to judge that because you know Billy Turner was not so bad. Like that, that might have been the worst play I've ever seen from a right tackle, and then Alan Lazard can't catch. Who knew? So so it's hard to like critique the kid because there's so much going on and so much like when you have a young guy like that like we have a Mark Sanchez you got to lift him up like you need your best guys that have played in this league and that is paid to make plays to at least make plays at least make serviceable plays they, and they just haven't figured it out they got to find the right per, uh, personnel group yeah, I, I think they that. should go with the pony package go ahead okay, my, yeah go ahead my bad I, I cut you off no, no, the, the the pony package where you put, you know, last year it was Michael Carter and Brees Hall on the field at the same time, right? I, I like the pony package because you can run double screens. You can run lead uh, runs and edge runs, and you don't know which side is going to based on who's there. Dalvin Cook is also a guy that can be an outlet. Brees Hall can chip their way out. You have double checkdowns. Now, the kid, the, no, the kid is playing horribly. Yes, I agree. But bringing somebody in like Carson Wentz, who's been a turnover machine, I think would only frustrate Jet fans even more. Maybe Dobbs. I don't know. Maybe Dobbs. Uh, I always said they should have traded for uh, Gardner Minshew as soon as it happened or called for Teddy Two Gloves. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's where I would have went. I wouldn't have stuck with the kid. But the reality is I don't know if the kid survives it. If he continues to play this way, even, the, even if the team finds their way into the playoffs, do you, do you really like sit him for a year and then pick up his fifth-year option and pay him? I don't think so. We talking so to Parsons. 
We're talking to Bart Scott. So I, all of the points that, that you, said, you just made are correct. It's going to be hard to evaluate him going forward as far as like what you do with his fifth-year option because it's not like, like – of course, you want to move on from him, but you know Aaron Rodgers is not going to be here forever. I want to give you credit because I listen to you and Alan. You guys do a great job. It feels like you were first on this Jermaine Johnson second-year leap, and boy, has he taken it. Like what? What did you see from him? What are you seeing from him this season? It reminded me of like a Terrell Suggs. The Terrell Suggs came in, even though he had ten sacks his rookie year, he mainly only played on third down, and he had to learn like not just the the football acumen of the job of the job, but also the physicality and the physical demands of playing the way that he had to play. Now he can't play like Bryce Huff. He can't get skinny and, and, and try and fire up the ball like a rocket. He's a guy that's a size speed guy, and anybody that's ever stood next to him knows that he's a really big dude. I mean, he's like six, six five. You know what I mean? Two, two sixty, two seventy. Like so, he does He's not gonna have the the, the short area quickness of a guy like uh, a Bryce Huff. He has to rely on speed to power, right? And it's always tough because when your fastball don't work, you know, your rookie year, you have to be able to have time to develop counter moves. Now you don't need a you don't need a bunch of them. You need a spin. You know, if you're a big guy like him, you need a cross chop maybe, and you need, uh, you know, a stutter bull or a long arm stab. And when he first came in, he just kind of had the long arm stab. He didn't have the, the hand fighting ability that, that needs to be able to set up with the nuance of it. And I think now he's figuring that out and the game's slowing down, but also he's physically strong enough. The same thing that Will McDonald, you watch Will McDonald up there, he looked like baby, like a baby deer. He looked like Bambi out there, right? <laughs> well, he was hopping over cars in college. He was <laughs> yeah, well, 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 him, well, him hopping over Carl for college helped us on that midfield goal because yep. he he got he hopped over, didn't touch to get a penalty, and he, he altered that kick against the Giants. But he knows he's gonna have to put a little bit more weight on his ass, right? Because guys are smacking him on that back, and he he run into grown men strength, dudes with mortgages and child support. So now he's figuring out it's a little different than college in Iowa State, and like he, I expect him to make the same leap again next year. But sometimes it takes guys' time, right? You see Thibodeau playing a little better, yep. right? Uh, Trayvon Walker from Jacksonville, he still hasn't really figured it out to be that dominant player. He's the first overall pick, right? You look at Will Anderson. So sometimes it takes a little while. And it wasn't one of those things last year where he was going to get an opportunity to play every snap and just learn on the job. So he had to, he had to learn how to take advantage of his reps when he got them. Where slightly different, you know, this year now he's pretty much put – uh, Carl Lawson on the bench, but yeah. they missed the opportunity to try and get something for Carl Lawson because he's eating up a roster spot, but also he's taking you know, a lot of money off the, uh, even though he re resigned, I mean, uh, renegotiated, restructured his deal, he's still taking money off of the books that could have went for maybe trying to go get a, another receiver or, or make a trade for somebody, you know, in the, in the uh, offseason. I thought they, they missed a, a great opportunity, but he hadn't shown anything, so what was he going to get from him? Yeah. I mean, it's, it sucks, too, because you remember a couple of years ago that like he was lighting it up in camp, and, and we were all excited talking about the breakout season he yep. was going to have, and then he tore his Achilles, and he's never been the same player yep. uh, since then. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, he's living up to the hype. And, and last year he suffered that injury yep. in, in training camp, so yep. this year it's good to see him. Yeah, you, but, but you, you, want, you, want, you want to hear something that that probably make you throw up in your mouth a little bit? Let me right? hear. Me, so um, when Carl Lawson, when, when they were trying to figure out you know, who to go with, my agent represents a player uh, that really wanted to come here, and they begged the Jets to sign him, and they decided not to. His name was Trey Henderson. 
Oh my God, Cincinnati! Uh, all he, uh, <laughs> yes, all, all, all he's done. My agent, because I played there, my agent begged him. He asked me to speak to him, like, "Hey, man, tell me sign Trey." And they thought they thought Trey was just a a, speed, a, a high effort guy, right? They didn't see the skill set, they and they didn't sign him. And I bet you they wish they had to did it now. That's Can your you fault, his, nah, Bart. That's your fault, yeah. man. You should have been more persuasive, nah, nah. bro. Man, that's on bro, you. I went to bat, bro. I went to bat. I went to bat. My agent was begging him. And, money, and think it was about the same money. And now, now, the, now the Cincinnati and paid him twice. Yeah. They paid him and they paid him and him and him. So they basically a strange spot. He went to Cincinnati and um, Carl came here and they begged him. Like, and, and they paid him again. They, he, he been playing so well. They said, look, we're going to send you again. And Carl Lawson, we, we waiting for the contract to be over with so we can get ourselves from up under it. Yeah, that just annoyed me to no end. You think uh, Sauce travels with uh, Devontae tonight? Uh, listen, uh, if you look at it, uh, Reed is actually ranked higher than him this year. How, can so, I ask you? Let me ask you this real quick, because uh, I know I just asked you a question. Yeah. How much of that though is that they're not throwing at Sauce? So like we can look at the numbers, but if you no, watch, no, 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 no. They they throw at Sauce. It's just they they they've completed some stuff. Sauce like you know gave up more than he gave up last year. Last year he gave up nothing. This year, like even the, like the little five yard pass. That's what I was gonna to, say. The uh, five yard, the five yard little slant right, route. They... Right, 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 right. But they tried to throw the same thing at Reed, and he's knocking them down. They're not completing it. Okay. So I mean, nah. I thought I thought I thought uh, DJ Reed got. I thought he got job last year. I thought he was an all pro. I thought he was just as good, especially when you don't travel. So they got the match with teams to get the matchups they wanted when they were looking for him, and he and he shut him down last. Year. Outside of him getting mossed that one time in the end zone uh, last year, I forgot somebody, he was right there and they caught it over his head, you know, just because he's a shorter guy. It was oh, the only yeah, time I, I saw him. Even, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the only, that's the only time I remember him really getting up anything either. Bart Scott, make sure y'all check him out. He's on SNY pre and post tonight. Going to be looking sharp. He's got get up for his take this week. Barton Hahn, of course, from 12 to 3 p.m. Let me just say this real quick before you get on out of here. I, it was a couple weeks ago. I think it was the Monday leading into Giants-Jets where you did, like, uh, Allen did the intro, and you weren't, fi- you weren't feeling it, so you came in and yeah, redid yeah, yeah. the intro. If the Jets win this game t- tomorrow and he doesn't have the, the energy necessary, I need you to take the mic from him and do the intro and, and redo it, please. I got I got You know how it is on shows. Sometimes we assume roles, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I can come out with my Michael Buffer and get it, get it right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Have fun tonight, man. Yeah, man. Have fun tonight. Really appreciate you. Say what up to my boy Connor Rogers, man. Oh, will do, man. Like they're like you think about him, Jimmy Johnson, Dan Marino, best hair in the world. Best hair. (laughs) Best hair. Yo, Bart, appreciate you, bro. God bless, man. Likewise, all up. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. I could talk to that dude all day. He's got stories. I mean, he breaks it down. He he gets the, the football language in there. I love it. Make sure you check uh, Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. right here on 9870 ESPN. 800-919-3776. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. The Giants had a goal line stand. The Cowboys were fourth and goal from the one, went for it. Giants stopped them, took over, weren't able to get anything of significance on that drive, punted it away. But so far, Giants hanging in there. We'll keep you posted on this game. It's, I'm just interested to see how competitive it is. Because when you throw out 17 and a half, 
I'm like, come on now. Like that is it is it a touch disrespect? Like the Giants are still an NFL team. I get Tommy DeVito is a rookie making his first start. The Cowboys coming off a loss. I understand it. They won forty to nothing when the Giants were were healthy. So I understand it. But pride has to come into it. And and maybe pride can't outdo just inability to beat a good team or great football team when you're the Giants and you're with all these injuries and down to your third stringer. But I'm just curious to see how this team looks. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we return. Right here on 9870 ESPN. Bart's got to take the microphone away from him. David Ruffin style. All the uh, Temptation uh, movie watchers. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He's got to do that. This is a big game tonight. I'm excited for it. Before we get back to the NFL, uh, there's a lot happening. Giants and Cowboys still scoreless. Is is there a bigger winner in sports right now than Jimbo Fisher? Like, imagine being told, here's $75 million. Your services are no longer needed. So Texas A&M, because they're not happy with the product, decided to part ways with him. He's got eight years left on his deal. They're mired in mediocrity. So they're like, you know what, it's time to make a change. So Jimbo, a national champion uh, head coach, remember Florida State, took this job in 2017 and was given an extension just two years ago. And now they're firing him. But how do you work it in your deal where the buyout is $75 million? Like that seems like the American dream to be a a college football head coach, get fired. And, And... if I'm Jimbo, like as much as I love coaching, and you know these 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 coaches are just maniacs, like the lifestyle, and, and you give them credit for the passion and the drive, but they're maniacs. As much as I love to coach, I just don't see a negative in leaving a program, twenty games over five hundred, and seventy five million dollars just in the bag. Like I just go, I just get to go chill. Like, that's what's up. So back in uh, 2020, the Aggies went 9-1, and one, won the Orange Bowl, and that was pretty much their apex because since then, they've just been tumbling downward. 8-4 and four in 2021, 5-7 and seven last year, and then 6-4 and four this season. But $75 million to go away, which it, it, it's hilarious to me that, you know, the college coaches can make all this money. You, you see the type of, of income that's being generated with the revenue in college football. It was so disgraceful when people argued against the athletes being paid. It never made sense. Never one single time did it make sense for college athletes not to be paid. And now you have the NIL deal, so all has been sorted out for the most part. But $75 million to just go away? Like I, I just don't see a negative here. That that that's pretty cool. So Jimbo gets to just you know lay on his couch, go play golf. Here's seventy five m's as Texas A and M is making a change. Uh, also in college football, it makes me really uncomfortable when there is such a, a chorus of celebration every time the Colorado Buffaloes lose, and we saw. You know, Deion Sanders, he said yesterday, we just don't know how to win. 
We just don't know how to win. They had a chance to take the lead, potentially win the game, which would have been a huge win over a ranked Arizona, whether they number 21, but then they missed a field goal, and then in the last final seconds uh, against the Wildcats, uh, the, 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 the Wildcats nailed a field goal on the other end, and they won 34-31. to 31. And it, it was just, it was heartbreaking for the Buffaloes. It was a game that they were in control of, a game they should have won, and they found a way to lose it. And Dion says, you know, we could have won the game. I like that we should have won. I'm tired of we could have won. There ain't no losing me. It don't sit well with me. It don't rock well with me. It don't lay down with me. I have no losing me. But then you go on Twitter after these games, and you see that all the college football fans are just celebrating. And it's not just about, like, what, what has Colorado done so flagrantly that you have to now make yourself a part of the story by, you know, wallowing in their, their misery? Because he's brash? Like, because he's doing it a different way? Like, once they started 3-0, and people were just so annoyed. Always annoying. They're overrated. They haven't played anyone. Like, why can't you just enjoy the story or just don't pay attention to him? I just don't see why it bothers you. But it reeks of something bigger than just football. It reeks of something bigger than just rooting against a, a team. It's the fact that Dion's doing it a different way. And we know that, especially in this country, folks don't like to see uh, or, or a lot a lot of folks don't like to see success stories look like the way that they, they do with Deion Sanders. And y'all know what I'm talking about. So I, I, I just get annoyed. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Every time they lose a game, folks are out there having a parade. Really? For what reason? What, what have they done to, to harm you? And now we're, we're, we're like impugning everything that he says. And he's like, oh, this is the worst we're going to be. Well, that's disrespectful to your players. Okay, I guess it's disrespectful to your players, but is he is he lying? Is he wrong? Yes, this is the worst they're going to be. Now that they've become more notable, now that he's established a presence there, now that you know he's got some cachet in that territory, they're going to be able to recruit better. And this, in theory, should be the worst that the Colorado Buffaloes are. I just think it's annoying when people celebrate try to rain on their parade 800-919-3776 hour number three coming up we'll get back to Jets Raiders big game tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN